I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar. It is night four of the Betfred World Match Play, and we are halfway through the second round already. We are absolutely motoring through the tournament uh, on a night of shocks, upsets, and drama at the Winter Gardens. Uh, joined but once again by the one for Mr. Dan Simpson, who, if you don't know the results, and I think you can guess one of them looking at his attire. Yes! How are you there, lads? That's the big intro. Hello. Uh, thanks to everyone who has joined us at this hour. It's nearly half 11 already, so hopefully we will race through tonight's action for you. Uh, Elle says, how do, lads? What a night of jam tarts. I can't speak. Joe says, I'm late again. I'm never late. Dan was sat ready for me today, but it was Dan yesterday, so don't give me that. A worse pundit than me would threaten you with libel for that on social media, but the less said about that one, the better in the last 24 hours. Uh, Nell says, evening, guys. Ando out, Smith out, Price out. Funny old game, funny old game indeed. Uh, Malik Society run MVG and Price out early. Not forgetting the world number one world champion, Michael Smith. The big three are gone. Um, I think Person Tech was waving, text screen game over. Come on. I've no idea how that's meant to translate, but it doesn't look right in the chat room that we can see. About uh, do any hate comments? Uh, Snakebot's still in it. Zane says, hi guys, David Gurney and five darts at a double in their game. Ridiculous standard from that pair. MVG, Michael Smith, Ando Price gone. Humphrey's now favourite with the Leafs over waiting for Betfred to update their odds so we can tell you who actually is favourite for them. Uh, Preston says, evening lads. Uh, Robert, tonight has completely justified the phrase. Charles for show doubles, though, indeed. We'll get into that a little bit as we go on. Darts said to Smith out. Uh, Smith, Price out. Wow, a really good night at Darts. Bob says, hi, how are we doing, mate? Hope you're good. Uh, and Danny says, Dirk, 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 with some aubergines. Uh, we will talk about Dirk a little bit later on. Uh, first up, though, Dan, we have to talk about Daryl Gurney and Gary Anderson, because... What a game and what a performance that was from Super Jim. Yeah, it was it was it was monstrous. And and in in all honesty, at the time it happened, I thought, oh yeah, we're, we're watching the biggest story of the night unfold. Um, how foolish I was to make such an assertion so early in the night. But not just like um, um really, really unbelievable performance from, from Gurney. Um I was gonna say vintage Gurney, but like 
I mean, beyond that, I mean, the average was was unbelievable. The scoring phase of his game was was incredible. But like a scrape shy of seventy percent on his doubles, five doubles missed in the whole game, um, and he's had like, and this is this is the relentlessness at which he played. He's won eleven legs. He's had sixteen darts at double in eleven legs, like to win eleven legs. An absolutely unbelievable performance from Daryl Gurney. And I think, you know, he, he played very, very well in his opening game. And I was, well, well, I think everyone questioned, could he could he maintain? Nobody, I didn't see anyone in, in darts, media and or fans on Twitter or anything else, of people thinking, oh, he'll kick on and go up another level, like kick on another gear. But that's exactly what he did. He took that opening performance and... and Gary didn't do a great deal wrong. You know, Gandalf averaged 102 himself. Um, you know, he was 30% on his doubles, which, you know, it's, it's, it's not amazing, but 30% will normally do you okay if you're averaging 102. But that performance from Gurney tonight was just something else. Really, really impressive stuff. I don't have the entire breakdown in front of me, but it feels like a lot of those misses from Gary were pop shots at the bullseye at the end of a combination he had no choice but to take out if he was going to try and stay in the game. And they just weren't going for him in the early phases. He found himself 6-0 down to Daryl Gurney and all he'd had were darts at the bullseye. Yeah, and it did... It, I think everyone, but both players included as well, at 6-0, at you know, it, it was a... It was to say an uphill battle. It doesn't quite do it justice, you know. And we've talked all week about leg play and how you know once you get ahead and you get to the point where as long as you as long as you can hold a couple of throws, you are really just serving the game out. And yeah, he just came out so fast, Gurney, and he looked so impressive that you know I think Gary did. It was everything he could do to get four legs on the board, and 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 for a decent chunk of that game, I wasn't convinced he would. It just, it was just a, and I, I don't really, as I say, I haven't really got anything negative to say about Gary's performance. It, it was just a superb showing from Daryl Gurney, really was. As daft as it sounds, was that sick leg the moment where you felt like this was real trouble for Gary? Because at 5-0 headed into a break, you can almost make the argument that perhaps that break's going to come at the wrong time. Recent form might start to kick in. If anybody can start reeling this off, get the crowd on his side, then Gary Anderson is one of those people. But that sick flag, it just carried on, didn't it? It just completely it shut was, the door on early doors. Well, it did. I mean, Gurney had the darts from from the you know from the get go. So to go in that break five 0 up, he broke Gary twice. So Gary Gary being broken twice, but but then that six 0 that opening game from from the leg was was another break. So it, not only was he six 0 down, but he was three breaks of throw, throw down as well com, coming back from the break. So it, it was just a, and you know, boarding on an impossible task. And the only hope Gary had at that point was just to throw, you know, 10 darters for the rest of the game or, or a complete dip in form and a crash from, from Gurney. And it and that just didn't come. It was it was relentless from Gurney. It was indeed. Uh, I probably should have checked this before we started, but do we have... We do have a clip from Daryl Gurney, so that is exactly what I'm going to play you now, guys. It's a short clip from his post-match press conference earlier on today. I feel like I'm a better player now all round, uh, to be honest. I mean, my finishing's far better. Um, I know that I've lost the 180s, but 
it's one of them strange things that whenever I can get more 140s and my finishing's better, it doesn't really matter. But don't get me wrong, I mean, yeah, give me my 180s. I'll, I'll take them back any day. I mean, I was one of the biggest 180 hitters in the world whenever I was good. Um, but now it seems to be 140s and 128s and 134s and 137s. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if my if I can stay the gap, stay consistent at 140s, and two trebles per visit, per, per visit uh, and keep me double percentage up, I'll, uh, I'll do well. That clip was actually 10 minutes long, but we've had to shorten it because once you ask Daryl Grady one question, he gives you the entire <laughs> interview all in one go. It's an absolute, he's a reporter's dream. He's an editor's nightmare, I think is the way that we phrased <laughs> that earlier on. Uh, but some interesting thoughts there from Daryl Gurney regarding the change in the way that he approaches the game or the way the game is going for him right now. Uh, on to another absolute belter of a game, and it was Danny Knopper against Nathan Aspel, the world number eight against the world number nine. Uh, two players that are very evenly matched, uh, and it was a great scrap once again, Dan. Yeah, it, it, it was very much, as you know, as you say, that it, it looked very much the world number eight against the world number nine. Um, it, it was very, very evenly poised all, all the way through. There wasn't a great deal of separation. So, you know, as, as as we got to to nine all, um, you know, it, it it was a bit of a toss of a coin. It, it did find a bit of a um, it found a bit of a of a sort of of a pattern after the first break. That the the first, oh sorry, after the second break, there was that midpoint in the second mini session breaks and sessions, um, when nobody could hold their throat. I think we went four, five breaks on the spin from 3-2 onwards. We had five breaks in a row. And and it looked like it was going to be really, really scrappy. And then after that, everybody, like both of them kept holding their throat relentlessly. So we sort of went from this relentless breaking of each other to, to a constant hold right up to to nine all, and at that point it was Danny Knopper that that um, that finally got that break, but immediately lost it and just couldn't and couldn't couldn't sustain the the break, and, and Nathan just got over the line in the end. But yeah, really really good match. The the scoring was better from Nathan, um, but overall really really and like really entertaining. Both of them forty percent ish on their doubles. Very very competitive, and yeah, very very much. Number eight against number nine. Really entertaining. Yeah, I, th- I think the key takeaway from this game is absolutely nobody is surprised at how close it was. Absolutely but nobody is surprised that Nathan Aston was won a scrappy match. Perhaps the one big takeaway from this is just how poor Danny Knoppert was at holding his own throw tonight after everybody spent the last six months saying just how much of a replica of a James Wade he might well be <laughs> and that how breaking his throw is so incredibly difficult. There was a lot of un James Wade elements to his performance night. And in all in all honesty, that, that was his downfall. If he could have just found that little bit of, of James Wade-esque play that we've been seeing, then that probably would, would have been enough to get him over the line. Because Nathan, whilst this was a very competitive game and really entertaining to watch, it wasn't box office in terms of quality. It it was it was decent. From both of them, but it wasn't it wasn't both players at their best, and and I think if Noppy could have just found a little bit more of that in a couple more legs, that would have been enough to get him over the line. 
Yeah, a quick word on Nathan. A battling Premier League campaign. We use that, we attribute that quality to him an awful lot. But I want to talk about his relationship with the Winter Gardens crowd. He has got them at the palm of his fingertips, at the end of his fingertips right now. They are doing absolutely everything for him. And it's it's almost ironic that a song that was big 20 years ago is suddenly really popular in Blackpool because that pretty much sums up the entire town. That That's that's it. And it, it's peaked please, at the right time please. for him. This bright side is, is setting the place on fire for him and he's absolutely loving it. Please don't say that that was 20 years ago because I remember oh, very no. well being out in nightclubs when that song was was new and, and, and everybody was hearing it for the first 2004, time. 2004, 19 years ago, yeah. Oh, God, that <laughs> makes me feel very old. But it's very apt that a, a Ooh, song that is 19 years old is suddenly igniting the Blackpool crowd. Well, and I'm, I'm going to say that the crowd falls probably... In, in an average closer to my age than yours, and that's probably why it's whipping up so much frenzy in there. It's bringing back everybody's nostalgia. I don't think people my age could handle the entire week then because it is an absolute <laughs> slog. How on earth some people do it, I do not know, uh, but they manage it and so do the players. Uh, let's then hear in a short clip from Nathan Asport and see what he had to say in his post-match press conference. Well, you know, I can't be too hard on myself. I'm in the quarterfinals for the third time in the year. Uh, third time in three years. Uh, Van Gogh is in Holland, not in Blackpool, which is I'm very happy about. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens on Thursday. Short and sweet from the Aspie said, no Van Gogh, it suits me. It probably suits everybody else in the field well, as well. Everybody's interviews are about Michael Van Gogh. <laughs> no, to be fair, I think Nathan has ran into him in the quarterfinals. Yeah, he has. He's been, At least been one twice, of those times he? he's previously been there as well. So understandable that that is on his mind at that situation. Up next, another absolute banger and one that required extra time to be settled. Going Price uh, is gone. Joe Cullen, the man to knock him out, uh, who started brilliantly, uh, put Going Price under all sorts of pressure. I thought, Dan, when he allowed Gezi to get back to eight apiece, he had completely capitulated at the wrong time. He lost the range of his first dart. He had a couple of stinker legs. I think he had a chance to lead 8-5 and instead found himself at 7-all, two legs later sort of thing. Um, he had a poor nine darts at that point. Didn't even get a dart at the ball from 86. Um, but the response from Joe Collin once Gezi did start firing again was absolutely super. Back-to-back -back ball finishes after Gezi missed one for his own and that 1-1-2 one, one, to win the match was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it, it it was it. I at five two, I fancied. I thought he might just he might just be able to hold this, and then just they, they, just before the, the second break into that second mini session, they exchanged a break of throw, and I still felt it was it was Joe's game. Um, at eight all, certainly at 9 8 to price i thought it's completely it's completely gone this um for for joe because he did he had a few absolute stinkers of 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 legs um well i think Kezi must have took four on the spin um went from being 8 7 down to 10 8 up and i just thought it was gone i thought joe's completely lost it he couldn't find you know the, the segment. Never mind the treble. You know, quite quite often, um, 
And then he just managed, at, at, literally with the, the last opportunity that he had, to, to find that form again and just start hitting things. Some of his finishing was, like, tremendous. Under the pressure that he was under, because and and that I suppose you know it's it's more impressive than what you know at six four up and you know than than some of the some of the finishing at the back end of that game was really really top stuff from Joe Cullen really really good. Yeah, it was indeed. I want to talk about the tournament as a whole when we look at this game as well. In that we have seen plenty of players get out to big leads. We have seen some of them surrender those leads to go level, but we've then seen them all kick on and go on and win the game. I'm looking at instances like Danny Nopper against Martin Schindler. We saw similar in James Wade against Chris Dobie. Van Gerwen levels up with Brendan Dolan after being so far behind. Can't go on and kick on. It's not very often that you see players put themselves in that position to do the hard work for the comeback and then not go and kick on. And it's quite astounding, really, how all of these players are managing to, to allow <clears throat> those legs to slip, feel that pressure, and then respond and actually kick on again straight away afterwards. Yeah, it's really interesting. We, what we haven't seen really at all in this tournament so far is a is a is a full comeback. Yeah, the proper come. You know, we've seen people be behind and then win, but only probably be behind by a by a break or so. We, we've not seen someone who, who looked dead and buried come back. Um, it, it, it's not all the way. We've all. seen them come back to go level at like yeah, six yeah, that's it. Yeah. Not, from four one down, but it's yeah. not come all the way, has it? It's not gone full yeah. circle at all. Not once, not not one, not once so far in this whole tournament have we seen somebody mount a, a successful comeback, having been you know a couple of breaks to throw down. Um, it'd be really interesting to see if we do see that because it it does just highlight though that importance of of being a front runner in in a match play format and getting a break ahead and knowing that if you you know if you're not winning on your opponent's throw. It's putting no pressure on you at all. We saw that in the in the last game tonight, in that when, you know, if you're ahead, not winning on your opponent's throw, or, like, if you're going to have a bit of a stinker having it on your opponent's throw, is, is massive because it's doing you no harm at all. It's just allowing you to get one step closer to the end. It is indeed. I mean, if you look at this game on paper, I know darts is definitely not played on paper. It's definitely a bit of a cliche, but it's quite hard to tell somebody if they didn't watch this game and they go back and look at the stats, how Gerwin Price lost it. I mean, he's averaged 100 to Joe Collins, 94, 28 ton pluses to Collins, 23, 16 on 40 to Collins, 10. He's thrown 11 maximums in 24 legs. Joe Collins with just seven. They both had two ton plus checkouts. And guess he's at 40% of his darts at a double after making five more opportunities than his opponent. It's quite staggering that the Gerwin Price has found a way to lose this one, but perhaps that well, is all in the brilliance of Joe Collin right at the very end. It, it is, but it's all, but it's also that Gezi didn't start. Gezi's doubles were garbage in the first mini session. Yeah, at four one down, I'm not sure how many doubles he'd missed at that point, but at four one down, he'd missed re repeated doubles. His scoring was was fine. He chucked a couple of maxes. At the break, I don't think Cullen had hit a max and Price had it too. He'd also chucked a couple of 140s. The Price's scoring was fine. He just could not hit a double. And that 4-1 down, those early games, cost him because the rest of the game, he played level, if not better, in, in decent spells than Cullen was playing. But he just had too much work to do. He, he left himself too far behind. He was 4-1 back. 
So he just couldn't catch it. He just those doubles at the very beginning are what cost him the game. Given the fact that Michael Van Gogh has already fallen, Gary Anderson departs first game up. Plenty of people tipping him up for a decent run. Obviously, seeing Michael Smith fall the round afterwards now. He will be begrudging those final few legs, as the Weekly Darkcast tell us. From 10 8 up, Price averaged 112 and has won one more leg. <laughs> He's lost 5 1 from that point, averaging 112. How does that even happen in this sport? I'm just, I'm just absolutely staggered by it. Um, but that is exactly what transpired. So we are now going to hear from Joe Cullen. I struggled a bit, even, even when I was in front, um, I really struggled. But it's so, it's so pleasing that you know that. You know, when you're under it and when the pressure's pressure's really on and you know you really need your best stuff then the uh, if, if, if you've got a set of balls on you it'll work. Ten nine down, <coughs> watching it. Ten eight down. You, know, you looked gone. From what, what, what watching it. How did you find that mental strength and the resolve to, to get it back? I just I just knew that I could I could find something and um yeah, it's, it's really weird. It's it's like um I won't say out of body, but it's like it's like a subconscious feeling, you know. I just didn't feel the majority of the game. I felt like there was tension in my arm, but then when it, when I was behind 10-8, I, I felt like that the tension was gone, and I felt like I could, you know, produce my best stuff. And if obviously if Gezi hit the ball for the one-three-two, it's game over. So it'd be fair, fair enough. But um, yeah, it's just it's so pleasing to know that you can do it when it matters most. So pleasing indeed for Joe Cullen, who has booked his spot in the quarter final lineup. I want to go back to a stat that James has chucked into the chat. Uh, he said, All the underdogs lost every metric apart from double percentage. Yet yeah, here we are looking at four underdog victories because Chris Doby uh, has um, knocked out the world number one and world champion Michael Smith 11 7 in the night's final game. Um, once again, Michael Smith. Uh, not a big comeback, I guess, but Michael Smith looked like at times he might possibly run away with this one. Did lead it 5-2. I mean, the message that you sent at 5 all was how on earth has Dobie got in level here? <laughs> it's still I was, I was still still Now this one was close early on because Michael Smith was so good. Yet he finds himself on the on the end of a loss like this. Yeah, I, I was I was completely bamboozled. Like as to as to how that had come about. Um, it, because Michael Smith looked dominant when you were watching the darts. And if you took the scoreboard away, you'd have never guessed that that game could have possibly gone in level. Uh, but but it did. <laughs> it was, it was just, I couldn't quite get my head around how it worked. Doby's 140 hit in the early part of the game was really, really good. Yeah. Um, the, the 180s were, were there here and there, but the the relentlessness, you know, the, so in, in well, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine 140s and th- nine 140s and four 180s in 10 legs, they'll be through. So, we, like you th- I, I, I sort of think back on that and think, well, I thought Michael Smith was absolutely bossing that game, but Doby was properly scoring, yeah, really scoring and, sc- and scoring well. But it, it was just, I think, for Doby tonight, it was just that let that, and we, I've, ne- I've seen it in flashes, probably not the level I've seen it tonight in that situation, the level of composure on some of those checkouts. 
was just... And, I, and I've, I've said all week he looks a different player after the Premier League. I think he, his mindset's in a very, very good place. I think he's a, he's a different Chris Dolby to, to this time last year. But the composure that he showed on stage and the way that he took out some of those finishes, because it did look repeatedly like Michael Smith was going to get back up for it. And it, ju- it honestly seemed, and it, you could see the, the energy sort of sap out of Michael Smith. He, Smith would do something. And, and, and he felt like, oh, right, here we go. Okay. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Came back up for this now. Dolby will come to the hockey and just go bang, bang, done, off you go. Right, come on, try again. And it just, it seemed like Smith had four or five goals at, at man, you know, at trying to get close and hang on to coattails. Every time, Dolby just just shut him down. Yeah, I mean, it was a clinical performance from Chris Dolby. I'm going to describe it as opportunistic because every time he was handed an opportunity from Michael Smith, it does feel like he shut the door in completely. Michael Smith, 20 attempts on the hour ring, just seven successful. Chris Dolby, 16, uh, hitting 11 of those, obviously winning 11-7. I don't think I've seen a double stat in a game of this length for a very long time, that was just a shave under 75% on doubles. 75% on doubles in an 18-leg game. That is that is very impressive. Apart from Daryl Gurney's stat, which was identical three games before. Yeah, but it's, it's more important than <laughs> Mr. It's more important. He's <laughs> from the tune. It's definitely more important to Dan. Um, do we think the fact that Van Gerwen had already exited early, Gerwin Price left uh, left in the match before, may have affected this Michael Smith performance just a little bit? I'm not convinced. Uh, I think he's. I and I think I've said it. I've said all week. I've said it before the tournament that I think at the moment he can be got at. Um, his scoring isn't where it can be. Nor is his finishing, and and he, he's bloody brilliant. But I don't think he's untouchable. I think he can be got at, and I don't just mean at the minute he can be got at by the top three or four. I mean he can get he can be got at by, you know, fifteen twenty players probably that could give him a go and would have a chance against him at the minute if the right circumstances present themselves. 
which they did tonight. They did indeed. And no Chris Dobie clip as yet. He's probably still chatting away to the team up in Blackpool. Uh, but that will be uploaded in full on our YouTube channel. So make sure you head over there at the end of tonight's show. That'll be available for you as well as full interviews of all of the players that won tonight and everybody else so far in the tournament. Uh, a quick word on the outright betting market right now with our friends at Betfred, the title sponsors of the tournament, given the fact we have lost three of the big four, or the, or the big three, to be honest, given the way that Peter Wright has performed uh, in 2023 so far. Uh, Luke Humphreys is now the tournament favourite at 7-2. to two. Uh, Nathan Aspinall at 5-1. to one. Joe Cullen at 6. Chris Doby, 8-1. to one. Peter Wright down at 9-1 to one is uh, on the same odds as Johnny Clayton at 9-1. to one. Dirk van Dijvenberder at 10s. Uh, Damon Hetter at 12s, along with Dimitri van der Berg. Former champion Dimitri van der Berg and Daryl Gurney. Uh, Ryan Searle, 18 to 1. And Brendan Dolan is the rank outsider at 66 to 1 there, Dan. Plenty of value there, to be honest, given just how open this field is. Well, depending on how early you got it, Chris Dobie was 33 to 1 this morning. He's into eights. Yeah. Like it's, but it's, it's that it's that drop. But even eights, even eights is good value, given that he's in a quarterfinal already. And, an incredibly well, open part of the draw where either Daryl Gurney, Nathan Aspinall, Joe Collin or Chris Dobie is going to be a match play finalist. And the, well, that's that you literally beat me to it because that's I was literally looking at the draw bracket there. And you look at those and you think, right, but we've only got two seeds left. We've only got Nathan Aspinall and Joe Cullen left as seeds. And they were seeds nine and 13 in, in that. in that so, so we've got two seeds left in half the draw. And it's seed 13 and seed nine and two unseeded players. And yet we're guaranteed one of those four will be a match play finalist. It's going to play havoc with the order of merit, that half of the drop. Yeah. I mean, we only had four non-seeds progress to the second round. We were guaranteed at least one of them to progress. Daryl Gurney against Garrison was an all-unseeded <laughs> affair. Chris Dobie uh, defeating Michael Smith means that at least half of them progress to the quarterfinals. There is an outside chance we do get a third. Uh, that is in our third game. Our first game tomorrow. Third game in the draw bracket, uh, which is Brendan Dolan against Damon Hetter. Chatroom, this is your chance to get involved as per usual. Let us know your pre score predictions for these games as we go through them in order. Uh, Barry says, what price is the ferret? Uh, Johnny was uh, nine to one with Peter Wright. If you're going with the title sponsors, bet Fred. Um, Brendan Dolan, Damon Hetter done. Um, Brendan Dolan did a fantastic job in upsetting Michael Van Gogh in the very, very first round. However, I don't see it happening again right now. Damon Hetter is the foreman of these two. He looks like he settled that a little bit more on TV, he even managed to rile up the match play crowd before going out on stage. I don't think he's going to be bold enough to do an Ashes-themed walk-on, given that the fourth test starts tomorrow morning. But I still think he's got more than enough in the tank to, to dispatch with Brendan Dolan tomorrow, don't you? Yeah, completely agree. I think it's uh, I'd, I'd go probably fairly wide as well. I think it's a, a Heta 11-5. Um, Brendan Dolan, like, brilliant, brilliant first round. I'm looking for a better set of words than that he might run out of steam. I don't. I, it, it, it's sort of half what I want to say, but I'm not quite. I think he might have peaked too soon in in the event. Um, he's not got the staying power. 
Yeah, that's it. That's 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 where I think you know he, he certainly got a game in him, but I think we've already seen that game in this yeah. tournament. Um, yeah. And I and I think Heta is, is more likely to to sustain the level that we're used to seeing from him than we're likely to see Dolan play above his usual or, or, or recent form. So yeah, I think it's a comfortable Damon Heta win. Surprisingly, I also think Damon is that much. That little bit more solid on the outer ring than Van Gerwen is right now. And also, if he trails Brendan Dolan, as much as it will be annoyed and it will be a, a small upset, I don't think it will have as much of an impact as, as it did on Van Gerwen, who was big favourite to win this. Obviously, playing with the fact that he's, he's had lots of dental work done recently, played very, very well in Poland last week, and not getting near that level, I think, will have been more frustrating to him and more panic-inducing than I think it would be if Damon Hatter finds himself behind at any point tomorrow, which is why yeah, I'm going definitely. for Damon Hatter as well, if it, if, even if it goes close. However, I'm going to say 11-6 in yeah, this Michael Van Gerwen was playing two players on that pit, on the on the hockey. He was playing Brendan Dole and Andy was playing Michael Van Gerwen at the, at the same time. Yeah. And we all know how difficult Michael Van Gerwen is to beat. <laughs> El <laughs> says Hatter is going to win this one 11-6. Zane's got... Hetta 11 5. Uh, Preston's gone Hetta 11 8. Uh, Bob has gone Dolan 11 7. He's corrected it shortly just after. And that's about it for predictions for that one. Uh, on to match number two, and it is the ferret Johnny Clayton against the former match play champion and a man whose record here is absolutely staggering in Dimitri Vandenberg. Dan, we know that. Johnny Clayton's first round game perhaps wasn't the level we would expect from the ferret. We are aware that there are some personal situations going on with Johnny right now. You can see that in his post-match interview on Sky with Abby. Um, do we think that all adds up to a Dimitri win? Yeah, well, my I, I stuck to on with my predictions yesterday for today's games. I stuck with my picks to win the quarters who, who were... Joe Cullen and Chris Doby, and it and it played very very well to me tonight. So I'm going to stick with my quarter finalist winner predictions and go with a Dimitri Vandenberg win. I, I think Johnny. I think we'll see a little bit more from him than we saw in his in his opening game. I don't think it'll be as convincing as the opening game, which where I think Damon Hett will be very comfortable. I'm going to go with a Dimitri Vandenberg. 11, how many? 7. 11, 7, Dimitri Vandenberg. That's what Dan is going. Um, chat room, where are we going? Bob's got Dimmy 12, 10. Uh, Johnny has, uh, Preston has Johnny 11, 7. Crikey, you know it's getting late. Uh, Mitchell's gone Dimmy 11, 8. Els has got Dimmy 11, 9. Uh, Zane is Dimmy 11-7. If you ask me this question at 95% of the build-up to this tournament, I would have said Johnny Clayton goes on to win this. In fact, I did tip him to win this quarter, I believe. Um, However, actually, maybe that was Andrew Gilding, you know. Maybe I just said he was going to out-awkward everybody, and that went to plan, didn't it? Um, yeah, we all, he made us all look foolish, didn't he? <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that one anymore. Um, 
Yeah, I'm going with Dimi as well. I thought he was very, very impressive against Ross Smith in the first round. Um, he just looks to have found that extra gear when he needs it at the moment. And it just seems to do that in this venue. Uh, so I'm going to say Dimi wins this one. I'm going to say he wins this one 11 7. There's a couple more. Uh, I think Zayn had a bit of in yet. So he's got Dimi 11 7. And Jonas has gone at Dimi 11 5. Uh, before we move on to the final two, uh, we have some magic at work. Uh, Chris Doby clip is in, so this is a short oh, piece from him in his post-match press conference. I didn't feel that I was in the game and didn't feel I deserved to be in the game early doors. Uh, how I got about the 5-5, I do not know. I, th I thought he was a better player throughout the first two sessions. And um, obviously I, I knew that I'm going to have to take my chances if I'm, I'm going to go on to win the match. And once I got my, my head in front, I think uh, you've seen the best of us. He completely agreed with me, didn't he? I was saying, that makes me feel so much better about what we said about not knowing how we win in that fight. Well, he doesn't know, but how on earth are we supposed to I, know? I feel completely redeemed because of the messages I was sticking in our WhatsApp group. Thing. I completely don't understand how on God's earth he's managed to get to 5 all. So if, if he's thinking the same thing, I sort of think I might know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll go with that one, Dad. <laughs> on to the third match. Of the night, and there are only two uh, former champions left in this tournament, by the way. One of them is Dimitri van der Berg. The other one yeah. is Peter Wright, who is the highest-ranked player left in the tournament, given the fact he has not played anything in the build-up, um, is in absolutely no form at all, had a terrible Premier League campaign. Um, pretty impressive demolition of Andrew Gildin, and... A shot at, look, Ryan Sell was mightily impressive in the first round, but you'd offered him Ryan Sell in the second round. Probably would have taken a crack at this one. I think this is the hardest game to predict since we started predicting games every night this week for the match play, just because of what we've seen in the opening round. Ryan Sell was absolutely exceptional, and Peter Wright looked about 85% of Peter Wright. And if Peter Wright can get to 90% of Peter Wright, then he should be pretty much you know, 90% of, of people left in the tournament. Well, probably all but all but one. Um, oh, it's a tough one, this, you know, and I'm really, really struggling. Go on, sod it. Ryan Searle. 11 9. Interesting. I, for the very first time this tournament, am predicting extra legs. And I think we get the all-important tie-break leg. Oof! I, th I think it goes all the way. Do you remember that Players' Championship final where they just juked it out for so, so long? I was I was in the room. It was one of the best games of darts I've ever watched live. It was incredible. Yeah. Which I think at this round means that's 14-13 instead of 13-12, which was possible in the previous round for the extra leg at that on. So I'm going 14-13, and I'm going to say Peter Wright hangs on for that one. Um if, if Ryan Sell comes out and plays anywhere near the way he did in that first round, I think it's going to be incredibly tough for Peter Wright. But what I do believe is that the set of darts that Peter Wright did use in the first round are absolutely the right ones for him. He's got slight little change, subtle changes to the setup depending on the temperature of the room. 
if, if that's what he needs, then fine. If they're going to fly through the air that little bit different, then okay, granted. You know, he's more about dart setups than pretty much everybody in this chat combined. I'm going to hazard a guess at because he's done it for so, so long and tinkered about with so many little set of changes. Um, but I also believe that the darts that he needs to win tournaments, that the darts he needs to stick with, they are a set that he's won the world championship with. They are the set that he won the world match play with two years ago in the most dominant fashion I think I've ever seen a major tournament be won. He was absolutely exceptional in 2021. And they were the barrels that took him there. And that is why I'm going to say Peter Wright edges through this one, 14-13. Um, chat room, what do you guys have in this one? Preston's got heavy metal winning 11-9. Bob's got Searle 11-5. Elle's got Searle 12-10. Uh, Azza, right 11-7. Can't see Searle playing that well again. And Peter will thrive off knowing what top seeds have gone already. Can't afford a slow start there like he did against Gildin, 100%. Uh, Zane says right 11-9. Uh, Joe says right gets through. Come on, Joe, you've got to give us a score, mate. We don't do sitting on the fence. None of that. You've got to give us stick your neck on the line. Um, and that's it for score predictions. Read some more chats out at the moment. Uh, James says Price has quietly defended a chunk of ranking money. Now he has busted out tonight for the rest of the year and excess 200k and he'll be down sixth. In the order of merit for the world, if half the field win the match play, that's interesting. Uh, we, we had a chat about that last night after the show, didn't we? We were having a little chat about what money. Well, I, I, I had a quick look at the match play bracket from two years ago, and 80% of people that made it through the second round that year aren't here now. Mm -hmm. React like, big changes in the order of merit when that money drops off. Very, very big. Um, Bonkers says Hetta Clayton Wright and Humphreys will win. Uh, Viali's got Doby all the way. Correct. Gianluca Viali. Is it, it's actually Jean. No, of course it can't be, can it? No, definitely not, actually. Yeah, but, you know, uh, and Joe's actually back to the scoreline. has gone right 13 11. On to the final game of the day. And this one for me, again, is an absolute coin toss if they both get going. It is Luke Humphreys against Dirk Van Dyven by the two of. The most explosive, big hitting, fired up young characters I think we have on the tour right now, and it could make for a very, very good watch. I'm not convinced. I think it's, I think it will be a Luke Humphreys 11 6. I think he's going to thump him tomorrow. Yeah. I think if any player in this tournament is going to take... I know we talked about it with, with how it would affect Michael Smith with yeah. those other players going out. I think if there is a player in this tournament that will look at the top half of the bracket and who he could potentially meet in a final, I think Luke Humphreys must be sitting there thinking this is the best chance I'll ever get. I mean, it's certainly opening up, isn't it? I mean... <laughs> you, you do look at that bracket. He would run in to the winner. Well, the winner of Humphreys or Van Dijvenboda takes on Brendan Dolan or Damon Hetter. I mean, if you're getting that as a quarterfinal, given that Michael Van Gerwen and Josh Rock were in that part of the draw, you would yeah, absolutely be your hands at that. As good, and as good as both, you know, Damon Hetter, you know, played really well. I don't think Luke Humphreys will lose a moment's sleep over playing Damon Hetter in a quarterfinal. I think Luke Humphreys doesn't. I think Luke Humphreys just assumes he just goes in and and, and wins that game. Yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, you've got the other side of the draw, yeah, potentially you might get a, a, either a, an informed Ryan Searle or a tinkering Peter Wright you, or a Dimitri Vandenberg that loves you up there. But, but I just, I, I think Luke Humphreys is, a, certainly for tomorrow's game, will be massively, will take a huge boost from Gezi going out, from Michael Smith going out, MVG obviously no longer there. And I think that's what, I think Humphreys just comes out absolutely flying tomorrow. I think he completely Are we does. underestimating just how good Dirk Van Dijvenberg can be, given that actually his first round was not the free-flowing Dirk? We know he's been one of the standout performers on the Pro Tour so far this year. And he did get caught up a little bit in the testosterone of a battle versus Kim Hybrex. He, he, he did, but... I, 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 yeah, I'm not. I'm. I really struggle to look past the current form of Luke Humphreys in this situation with what's happened in the tournament in the last 48 hours. And I don't think that Dirk Van Dijvenborder jumping around on stage and growling and I just don't think it will affect Luke Humphreys at all. I think he'll just stand there and throw darts very, very well all night. Just want to play darts. Uh, uh, score prediction from me. I too am back in Luke, but I think it will be a little bit more narrow uh, margin of victory. I'm going to say wins it 11 8 is the scoreline I'm going for. Um, as you said, he, he was just magnificent in that previous round. Uh, absolutely took Jose de Salsa to town. And if Dirk comes out slowly, I think he'll find himself a long, long way behind. Uh, Zane has got Humphreys 14-12. Joe says, absolute banger as long as Dirk is at it. 180s galore. Dirk wins 11-7. Big call on that one. Joe also says, get the likes up, chat room. We couldn't agree more. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any more score predictions for this one? There they are. Uh, Preston's got Luke 11 Eight. Els has got Humphreys 11 7. Bob Humphreys 11 8. Um, and I think that's all she wrote for predictions. Vialis is playing the same league as Chris. Lovely bloke. Not another one from the Northeast. There's way too many of them. Hey! <laughs> uh, James talking about Humphreys' draw says it hasn't changed tonight until he gets to the final. No, but once he does get to the final, it has opened up significantly when Michael Smith and Gerwin Price exit from the opposite half of the draw. In the space of an hour, he does still have to beat Dirk van Dijvenbode, Hetter, then Ferret, right? So, or Dimi, granted. Um, I think he's seven to two because of the fact that he's the full man. He, he looked magnificent. He was only beaten by a very, very good uh, Michael van Gogh performance last weekend. Uh, he played pretty well on the pro tours as well. So, that's where he's going with that. Uh, and one to keep an eye out on the, for the rest of the week. Else, I was just saying, boys, at the start, I predicted a Derby Humphreys final. Watch this space. You no did, to be fair. I remember that. And I remember giggling along with that prediction, but I'd take it. You know, full well if Van Dijvenberg wins tomorrow. We will be watching this space, and this comment will reappear on your screens, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's about it tonight from the fallout bar. Once again, a big, big thank you to everybody that's tuned in either live here on YouTube 
or that is listening back as a podcast. Uh, if you can and you're watching on YouTube, please do drop us a like and make sure you have subscribed to the channel to make sure you don't miss out on any other content that we produce, including interviews from all the players from across the week, any previews of each of the session and any other bonus content we can get you. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to tell you this, but we do have interviews lined up with Mr. Matt Porter once again at the end of the week. And not only that, um, Phil may even be going to see Mr. Chairman at his home uh, interview lined up with Mr. Barry Hearn at some point in the next few weeks as well, uh, including content coming from an interview with Steve Brown whilst at the Motor Super Series. Lots to talk about given the ADC's future right now. Uh, that'll be dropping on the channel in the next few days as well. Um, Motor Super Series returns tomorrow morning, the conclusion of Group A, including Robbie King from Australia, uh, Jared Cole involved as well. Look out for an Ashes-themed piece of content coming your way in the morning as well. Really entertaining piece that the guys have put together earlier today um that's about it from now big thank you to all of our sponsors to betfred the title sponsor of the world match play for being our sponsor today and to you dan for joining me once again this evening we'll be back tomorrow night uh, i'd love to say same time but who knows when this tournament is on it gets later and later each day <laughs> we'll see you very very soon